Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. Well, good morning. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, with the Native Citizens Podcast. Um, my name is Marco. Uh, I serve as a preaching pastor here, and I am uh, joined by our storehouse kids intern, Elsie. Hey, girl. And, hey. What's up, Elsie? <laughs> and um, our director of liturgy, our liturgical director, our director liturgical of liturgy. Oh, you're the boss, man. It's true. You gotta say it again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> our director of liturgy, Eric. Hey, guys. And, uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit, but today's episode is going to be on the importance of liturgy. And before we get into that, how are y'all doing? Doing pretty good. Doing good. Pretty good. Might need some more coffee in a bit. I need to finish my water before I get more coffee. So oh, discipline. oh, that's, that's my rule. That's, that's smart. Mm-hmm. Well, because I'll just drink coffee. Yeah. I feel like it's always like, oh, Marco's disciplined. Like, no, man, I have these own rules for me. Otherwise, I will get. I will. I will like not. Your, your not tummy be will hurt. Good. Yeah, man. I will not be good. That sounds like discipline to like your diet. <sighs> Shut up. Like I am horribly disciplined <laughs> with thank my you. diet. <laughs> but thank you. Like I'm. I'm supposedly lactose intolerant. I was diagnosed like in middle school, but I love ice cream. Like, give me. You're not supposedly lactose intolerant. You are lactose intolerant. I heard surprisingly lactose. No, <laughs> listen. Here's the thing. I I've been on, there. What happened? I, I read, Sadly, I read on the interwebs that generally all humans have some sort of lactose intolerance because we're not supposed to be drinking other animals' milk. Right. I don't know how much I know about that, but I just read it on the interwebs. So you're lactose intolerant too, according to the that random website. I wouldn't know. I don't I don't like milk. It, for a reason, you're not supposed to drink it. Like when you're a baby, yeah. Not I remember really. I remember being in junior high. My mom would give me this beer stein of of milk. And I would drink that sucker every every day. And I remember vividly this one day. That's a lot of milk. It was. And I remember one day seriously just looking at it and saying, I don't want any more of this. And that was the last time I drank milk. That day was like like when King David tells Solomon, uh, make yourself a man. That's how I felt <laughs> when I stopped drinking milk. In hindsight. In hindsight. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hmm. I don't know. It wasn't anything like I just, you know. Like I had a bad experience. I never did. I didn't I have not had a bad experience with milk. Yeah. I just didn't want to drink it anymore. Ro- rooming with your friend in Denton. Did you notice that he drank milk? He drank with his dinner. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I was like, you're such an old man. <laughs> man I don't care if he listens to that. Like Rhodes would just That's, he would he would yep. just drink milk like an old man. Like, like a whole glass. Could I trouble you How for a it... glass of warm milk before I go to bed? And I was like, who does this? And then, and then he would just uh, like that. Too. Like I never, I never understood Living in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I never yeah. understood how people like one does. could eat like uh, like savory meals with milk. Like Rhodes would buy pizza and drink milk with pizza. Rhodes would go get chipotle and buy and it's drink just, milk with it. It's just like you're conditioned to do stuff like that. I don't people know can dr- people can eat pizza and drink beer. I can't do that. I. Yeah, neither can I. Yeah, I, I think the combination is great, but, but I like, can't do that. People condition themselves to doing it. Yeah, yeah that's conditioning. Mm. Yeah, I'll pass. Can't. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. Um, what else are we talking about? Elsie, how she's doing? Oh, that's where we got. 
It's <laughs> like, where did this <laughs> conversation go? King David. Oh, how am I doing? <laughs> I answered it. Yeah, I might, oh, yeah, need, more you might need more coffee. And yeah. then I started talking, yeah, right. And then y'all started talking like, about oh, water dairy. And discipline. And then we started talking about your lactose intolerance. I can't do, I mean, my kryptonite is pizza and it has cheese on it, but mm, I can't like milk. Pizza. That's over Don't time. <laughs> over time. Yeah. I couldn't do, like do 2%. I couldn't do 1%. I was like, that's like, yeah. So it's water at that point. Alternatives. Mm. All my coconut milk. Oh, that's, that's my pretty, jam. Do you like the sweetened or unsweetened stuff? Unsweetened. Yeah. yeah. I like cashew milk. Cashew's pretty cool. Yes. That stuff's expensive. No, no, um, no, it's not too much different than, than almond. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my brother-in-law is like he makes his own nut milks, and he also doesn't wear shoes. I think he's like he's pretty crunchy, but I like that. It's like if mm. if if H E B closes down, like I can ask him, like, okay. hey, how do you make pecan milk? And he'll be like, this is how. I mean, don't you just uh, essentially puree pecans and then using a cheesecloth, you just squeeze the milk out of them? I mean, that sounds really straightforward, so it sounds wrong, but probably. I'm pretty sure that's how you do it. Okay. And then you add a little bit of, you know, if you want some Salt, some sweetening yeah. to them. Vanilla? Yeah. Ooh. Then you have your other relatives who bring the vanilla mm. from Mexico. Yeah. And they're set, man. And then, and then essentially you could use those dry ingredients in other recipes. Oh, like your, what's it called? There's uh, those cookies that are made from the- Like almond flour. Um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Make everything. Mac- that's basically ma- it. Macarons, macaroons. Macarons. Pretty much I'll just buy it. <laughs> um, but if I'm honest, um, so yeah, so today we're going to be talking about um, the importance of liturgy. Now, I think this is an interesting topic because uh, in our context here in McAllen and or the real Grand Valley, but McAllen in particular, we have a large population of people who were raised within or come from just the Roman Catholic tradition. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you hear words like liturgy or catechism, um, many people in our context would associate them with terms or phrases that are, you know, uh, I suppose associated with the I didn't want to use that word again anyway but associated with the Roman Catholic tradition however religious yeah religious as it pertains to Rome and uh and when it comes to that there are some words that I think that we've used we purposely use to we use them to redeem their meaning and to teach our congregation what this actually is Mm -hmm. and so we were talking a little bit earlier about the the definition of, or better yet, the 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 root meaning of the word liturgy, and it actually comes from uh, a Greek understanding or a Greek word that Shmer, can you remember what 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 it means? Work for the people. Work for the people, and so how we would apply that to. For instance, the significance of liturgy, especially in the context of Sunday morning, um, but not only that, anyway, uh, would be that we would define liturgy as an order of service or worship that directs our hearts and mind to the person and promise of Christ. And so last week we talked about the importance of the Sunday gathering. This morning we're going to talk about the importance of liturgy within the Sunday gathering. 
but we also just want to be clear it doesn't just stay there like everybody kind of subscribes to some kind of liturgical order mm-hmm. um but that's neither here nor there maybe we'll talk about that another time um i'd actually like you to answer this schmerick like why is a liturgy important why is the sky blue why is this... <laughs> <laughs> um i think i'm i'm all about like imagery and analogies and just metaphors or whatever but i think of like order of operations um and i guess systems i'm not very good at systems so when when i see a system that works i latch onto it um but what's the there's like formulas like pemdas p for parentheses e for exponents like when you're doing math like to get to the answer like you have to go through an order of operations mm-hmm. and if you don't do the first one first you're going to end up with like a backwards way of of getting to the answer sometimes you still get the answer other times it's completely wrong and i think liturgy is that formula that gets us to the answer of of like who god is and i think beginning with seeing and understanding god's character through his word like beginning with the word and searching for god and responding in that and confessing and praying and searching through the liturgy gets us to the answer of what who god is and who we are in him and what our role is right um so what was the question why does it why, matter why does it matter to get to the correct answer yeah um to understand our purpose do you as think the church. it's to get to the correct answer or you are revealing who that answer is yes. throughout this service like if you're you know we open up for instance at storehouse we open up with a call right, to worship right. where you are purposely directing Pointing people to, to god the, yeah right. to the character of god and so you're already providing that right but over the course of the service you are directing people to not only aspects of the character of god but how we as the church respond in light of that right and i think that's the like we were talking about like training and discipline mm-hmm. and those words come up so often because there's there's a training in righteousness to be done. Yeah. And to answer how to do that, like we look at the word and we respond to it and the liturgy is not just the answer, but I guess the training in the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like a group workout, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> for yeah. for lack of a better word, but there's there's a formula you you input and you get the output mm-hmm. um and that's that's what i see liturgy as right and yeah it's like, probably way much more than that but in my my basic understanding of it now right it'll yeah it'll, because like throughout our order of service you are intentionally revealing more about the character and heart of god to the people of god right so that they would respond in worship Confessions right. and rep- confession and repentance. Even the benediction is a commissioning, yep. so that the church would go out and do yeah. whatever it is that they are called to throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And so, so you are revealing aspects of the character of God. You are revealing the heart of God for the people of God, and and their response to that. Right? There's that. Mm-hmm. It's like you, that's setting them up or setting us up to, um, uh to kind of use liturgy in the day to day. And so everyone's is going to look different because mm-hmm. everyone's 
um, a different seasons or different lifestyles or different um, Format. right. formats. Yeah. And um, not all of that is going to match, but that's, there's beauty in that and there's freedom in that because you know the foundation or foundational processes yeah. of going back, yes. directing our, our hearts to, to God and his work for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to the, the training and righteousness, mm -hmm. the, the, the being equipped. Mm -hmm. And so liturgy as a whole is a tool for discipleship, um, in the context of directing us to the character of God, uh, the person and work of Christ for us, and then our response to that. And because that should be taking place in our everyday lives, yeah. right? That we are directing ourselves to the character of God and we respond to that in confession, repentance, worship, and so on. And so um, I think that would answer the third question because the third question that we had on the table was, well, how is liturgy formative for mm -hmm. the individual, for the for the person? Right. Um, how is how is liturgy formative? And I think it's that, right? Like there is this collective directing of our heart and mind to focus on the character of God, respond to the character of God, worship the person and work of Christ. And that, how does that help form us? Man, it helps form us in our worship so that we would carry that out mm -hmm. into our daily lives. Like there ought to be a daily liturgy of, of how we go on about our life. Yeah. And I think it makes it easier to do, um, like the more you practice on Sundays, like attend, like don't neglect the meeting together. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think in that there's, there's that training. And I don't want to say the more expressive you are, but like the more conditioning that you have for yourself in that righteous like it's it's part of training mm -hmm. there's this conditioning like man i don't really feel comfortable at first like you're out of breath yeah. and that first mile run it turns into like a 20 minute mile and after a while you start enjoying the process right um it's same it, it translates into our walk throughout the week mm -hmm. it's like we we can we can sing praises on sundays but have a really hard time on wednesday right um and i think it comes from embracing those those spiritual movements mm -hmm. uh and and internalizing them so they become a natural conditioned response right in our in our spiritual lives yeah so like it's it's almost like this this discipleship coaching thing mm -hmm. that that we participate in as a team right um as a family so we we can do the things during the week yeah and i i would add that when it comes to to liturgy every church has a liturgy whether they say mm -hmm. they have one or they don't every mm -hmm. church yep. has one i think i think the the important question is is their liturgy rooted in what we've been talking about rooted in the centrality of god's word one of the things that we talked about i think in last week's podcast was how it is god's word is going to govern our entire service and yeah. so when we are looking at liturgy, you are being, Eric, you're being very intentional about, man, how do we see, for instance, this aspect of the character of God, or how does this lead us to confession, repentance, and worship from the word of God? Yeah. Like there, there is intention behind the development of liturgy as it pertains to, or as it is grounded in the, in the word of God. Yeah. 
And I think that's really important because again, every single church, whether they say it formally or not, has a liturgy. The question is whether or not that liturgy is rooted in, or grounded in the word of God. Yeah. yeah. If it's not grounded in the word of God, it won't point to God. Right, exactly. One of the other things I was thinking about is you and I have had this discussion based on another podcast that we've listened to, but you and I have had this discussion in what is challenging about developing a liturgy for Sunday for you? What's so challenging about that for you compared to, for instance, me writing a sermon where I have here at Storehouse where I have like 35 to 45 minutes yeah. to talk about all the things. I think making things concise, um, like there's, like I want to take those 45 minutes <laughs> and condense them into like a two minute exhortation before a song or like there's so much scripture to be read and to understand and to learn, but I can't read all of Psalm 119 over the church. Like there's like the importance of God's word. Um, that'll be a really long call to worship. So like condensing all of that and I guess packing it nice and neat to hand to the church is so um, like words escape me even in this podcast. Like right. it's, it's even more difficult during the week to, to write out something and make it so concise. And I think, I think as I grow more familiar with God's word, it'll, it'll come more naturally and be easier. But the challenge is telling you of, of all of God's love and who he is in such a short amount of time and to have you follow and run with that. Right. To like worship God and respond to that. Like I, I don't have those tweetable moments as much as I would like. Right. right? Um, so that's that's been the challenge and just just condensing it. Right. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. because bite size. I, yeah, because uh-uh. you and I will spend time working on like I'll spend I'll spend a good chunk of my week working on my sermon. You'll spend a good chunk of your week developing uh a liturgy for Sunday in addition to song selection, mm-hmm. making sure the band is ready to go and all that. And outside of the songs that you will sing and play you have like seven to eight minutes to lead the con over, over the course of how long are our services? 75 minutes. Yeah, In those 75 minutes, you have seven of those to lead our congregation yeah. in fixing their eyes upon the character, the person and mm-hmm. promise of Christ. And, and like at first, like the, the biggest struggle is like to get myself out of the way. Is yeah. like I I love rambling. I want people to hear my voice rather than God's voice. Yeah. It's like uh getting myself out of the way is is the biggest hurdle. Yeah. It's like okay, once I feel like I've accomplished that, it's already like not too late, but I have very little time left after <laughs> struggling of like confessing and and getting rid of my sin, so to speak, from my head, um, so I can focus on on who God is to share with others. Right. And I think I I'm starting to see more of God's grace. Yeah. Uh, it's like, hey, Michael, like these things that I'm encouraging and loving you through, like that's a- applicable for others to hear in the church as mm-hmm. well. And it's like, oh, okay, that was the work in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so sharing what God is doing in in our lives is essentially the teaching. Yeah. So that's that's liturgy. Yeah. In absolutely. my mind. Yeah. No. And I, again, yeah. I think I think what is so um, vital 
to good liturgy is whether or not it is rooted in again escape that right it's it has yeah. to be rooted in in god's in god's word sola scriptura sola scriptura yeah mm. good what else guys any any other thoughts on on just liturgy I will I will say one thing. Like liturgy was such something that was very significant for instance in the days of the Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. Like liturgy made such um an aggressive comeback surrounding the word of God so that the people of God would be discipled in the character of God. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't so that they would like in other words they they uh, the reformers weren't simply inserting moments to create transition in service. Yeah. They were inserting moments of opportune discipleship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that the people would be drawn yeah. to uh, God and exalt Jesus and that they would be sanctified. Like that, that's yeah. a, again, that's a bigger deal than simply, Hey, make sure we're doing a call to worship, three songs, quick prayer, mm-hmm. announcements, sermon, Let's close it out with a song, Benediction. Yeah. Don't go over mm-hmm. so long. Yeah, don't for go this. over so yeah. long. And here we see the reformers so absolutely convinced that the people of God need the word of God. And so as they are inserting these moments throughout their liturgy, these are intentionally well thought out um, orders of service that have been crafted for the purpose of discipling the people of God in the character of God. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not um, like, like their religion. Exactly. Like they're begging right. the Holy Spirit to show up and be present and be at work among, um, among the people of God, mm-hmm. you know, like that, like that was their motivation. It wasn't simply a good service. It wasn't, um, making sure that the logistics were nice and tight. It was, man, we are leading the people to worship God. Yeah, it's a systematic sowing of seeds. Mm-hmm. Farmer work. <laughs> Farmer. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this might actually be our shortest podcast. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think, Elsie? What do you think of all this? I'm thinking I I'm thinking of how we get it wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <good>. dude. <laughs> yeah. I think that's important to talk about too. How do we get it wrong? <laughs> or how do churches get um, it you, wrong? You bring up you brought up earlier i i have to um put myself aside i have yeah. to put um myself kind of like out of the equation in the sense mm-hmm. that i'm not having that mentality i i want them to hear me yeah um because i can speak very well and whatever the thing is mm-hmm. um or i I need to have this certain person up here, this, mm-hmm. these people, the select Yeah. I need few, these voices. I need uh, the, the song the specific to go this things. exact way. Yes. Yeah. For the sake of the song and yeah. for the sake of the structure <laughs> or for the sake of. That's what, that's what it the tone, itself as, right? The tone yeah. of the lights. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, and it ends up being a facade of, of a mask. It, mm. It's a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not rooted in yeah. the word. And, um, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Jesus. Holy spirit. <laughs> um, yeah. I just think of like, man, we've messed that up so bad. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm looking at the question and well, what it about, is. Like even in the pulpit, like part of the <laughs> reason I, 
like having other men preach is to guard against the celebrity pastor. This one person is the mm-hmm. only like, no, no, no. You are here for the message, not mm-hmm. for the man. Yeah. Right. And so the, 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 the word of God is the authority, yes. not, not the other way around. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I would think it's the same way in terms of how liturgy can go bad yeah. or how liturgy is, is developed poorly. Yeah. And in the, in the sense of the liturgy Biblical liturgy isn't um, protected, right? And other, and other, because there are those individuals. We talked about this, like where people will stick around if the uh, because the the worship, worship music is good. good. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And that says a lot about. Um, and I, what I'm not saying is that you shouldn't be excellent at your craft. You it's not what I'm saying. Well, what? Yeah, exactly. However, there are those who um, don't guard that responsibility well. And are trying to receive more more praise and adoration for themselves rather than drawing people again to the person and work of Christ. Yeah, I um, that made me think of this example. Um, I think you were telling us uh, kind of in lieu of this the uh, story of Pastor Jeff out in Lucas Harlingen and him telling you um, how I not not that he was just moved, but he it just like pressed on his heart even more of that importance of um several things like the sufficiency of scripture how the got the call that god has given us to go out and make disciples mm-hmm. um he i guess frequently would go to the specific uh, coffee shop to like either prep his sermons or just it was just him and and god his time with god um and every time he went there would be an older uh, older man also, and he was reading the Bible, and I think one, um, one of the times he was there, he he finally went up to him, and found out that he's a pastor, and he has his his congregation, and he knew he just he had to be faithful. So every you know whatever day it was that he would go there to meditate and to yeah. just be with the Lord, and that that man didn't have like all the screens on him. He didn't have a Twitter page oh, and yeah, right. didn't do it for the glory of himself. He was, just he being, was faithful. being faithful yeah. Yeah. and he um, wanted his people to know the word. So he had to know the word and he mm-hmm. had yep. to invest and pour. That's beautiful. Um, out, Put the time in for that. Yeah. It's the glory of God unto, unto him, not to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that about wraps it up. And so uh, man, we hope that you're encouraged. Uh, again, sometimes liturgy is seen as, well, man, that's a Roman Catholic tradition. Like, actually, no, it is. It is a uh, it, it is work done by the people in light of them being led to fix their eyes on the person and work of Christ and ultimately their response to what he has done for them, what he's doing in them and through them. And so... Um, I think we're, I mean, this is also going to be a part of our sermon series on liturgy. And so hope you guys stick around long enough to listen to that on Sunday mornings. And uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's all we have. Hope you guys were encouraged this morning. We love you. Bye. See you guys later. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. 
send us your questions to info at storehousemcallan.com.